oh my god, I can tell using this microphone without a cover is different. Yeah, could you put a cover on it? No, I chewed up the last cover I have. Oh, should I putting a sock over it? Yeah, is that okay for the microphone? Yeah. Okay, let me get up and get a sock. Let's see if that works. How's this? Uh, can you make it tighter to the... To yeah. The... I thought looser would be better because those foam things are so thick. All the way down to the base. You're loving this. How about now? How does it sound to you? It sounds a little weird. It sounds um, muffled, I guess. Did it sound better with or without? It sounds better with. Without, I could hear, um, like, uh, I guess it's the air hitting the microphone. Okay. Maybe yeah. this sock is too thick. Maybe I should get a thinner sock. Yeah, thinner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can never feel, you know, the microphone never feels it through the thick sock. Okay. Oh, that sounds better. You like that? Yeah. Okay, good. That sounds the closest to normal so far. I ordered a new pack of mic covers, but yeah, Ace chewed it up this weekend. Uh, okay. Well, that's fine. I think this is as good as it gets today. <laughs> okay, great. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Well, fuck it. We'll do it live. All right. I have new headphones, so I don't understand what's going on anymore, and they're giving me issues, so. Great. Perfect. Everything's good. Everything's Everything fine. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Hi, Michael. Hi. How are you? You uh, seem well. Uh, shaved. I shaved. <laughs> you think that's what makes you seem well? Um, that's the only thing I can imagine. Because <laughs> you're not well is what you're telling me. Of course not. I guess I would be concerned if you were. If I was well, yeah. Yeah, I would be like, what, what's what gone wrong? What body snatcher has replaced Michael? Yeah, I don't know. Everything is fine. Major major things. Grunge Girl is very good at coming up with little catchy tunes. Oh, great. Great. Hey, Grunge Girl, is it okay if I share one of the catchy tunes? Really? Okay. So, just like spontaneously, <laughs> she just came into the room and said, I wish my boyfriend was a Jesuit, but he's not, and I'm gonna <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> what? Like the chorus? <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That seems like a real... I w could picture that on an album. I know. Me too. So... It's like a Kimya Dawson song. Who's Kimya Dawson? Uh, you remember the era of indie music that accompanied Juno? The movie oh, Juno with Ellen oh, Page? Okay. That like era of indie music of people like speaking with very earnest voices? Oh, um... I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar enough to know. I just have a more of a general... You've definitely heard a Kimya Dawson song. If you've been a in a coffee shop between 2010 and 2020, you may be entitled to compensation. What's a good, what's a good one? What's a... Oh, the main one is, uh, I Like Giants is like the most okay. popular when one. I go I for a of. drive, I like to pull off to the side of the road, turn out oh, the lights, oh God. get out okay. and look... Okay, yeah, I just played it. You couldn't hear it, but I could, and I know, yeah, that, yeah. Mm, it's not yeah. for me. It's not that that song sounded like Kimya Dawson, but that's like the kind of thing that Kimya Dawson would sing about in a song. Kimya-esque. I was kind of more imagining um, like a Southern singer, songwriter, woman. Oh, it, yeah, you know? that could be cute, like a Brandy Carlisle type. Uh, yeah, just like that. <laughs> Just just agree with me. You know I'm right. Okay, Brandy Carlisle. Now I have to look up Brandy Carlisle. I actually really do like Brandy Carlisle. She's a lesbian singer-songwriter, writes sort of like Americana country vibes. What's a good song? Um, oh my god, what's the track list on that album? Let me remember the title. The Story? Right yeah, on the, time. Yeah, the album is called The Story. That's like 
the album that I came to love her with. Oh, I like number three, Turpentine. Okay, I'm just going to play a tiny, a tiny... She has more cheerful songs, but this is like a... Okay, hmm. okay I'm going like. to give it a blast. Let's see. All right. Okay, so far I'm hearing just strums. I'll describe to you what, what I'm hearing. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to skip ahead. Great. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I talking about. I told you. Yeah. I fucking told you. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I really like that album, actually. I don't know. Besides that, it's like really the most exciting thing that happened to me in the last 48 hours. Well, that's a pretty great thing, honestly. I don't think you should undersell. You know how many people wish they had a girlfriend walking around their house making up cute little songs about them? A lot that's of people. <laughs> a lot true. of people wish that. So savor it. I also just love how mm, how richly interpretive that how rich that like i wish my boyfriend was a jesuit but he's right not. which is uh, especially like poignant because your boyfriend also wishes he was a jesuit <laughs> yeah it's true yeah I, like, everyone in this situation is wishing for something impossible i don't know i don't know it's very mary magdalene it's also i wish my husband was this thing that would right would don't you perfect. wish your girlfriend was hot like me and by hot i mean a jesuit yeah and by hot, I mean just anything that actually disqualifies you from being. <laughs> right. What could be hotter than swearing off sex for your entire life? It's like a perfect symbol. The ultimate chastity kink. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm there. I mean, I'm there. I know, actually. <laughs> I know. This podcast is going to get really weird if you turn into a Jesuit. I mean, I'm I'm down for it. I just think it'll be like a really big twist. It'll be really jumping the shark for this podcast, I think. Mm, yeah, it would be. But like, you know, I think both of us, born into different contexts, probably maybe would have become Jesuits. Oh, know? yeah. I mean, especially if I had been around like medieval era where all the gays had to go into the monastery, I would have been in there like that. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Even like if you go, I don't know, if it was like 1905 and I was like Irish or something, I don't know. Right. This is why Jews have made so many significant contributions to American culture and writing is because we had to keep our gays. We didn't have any monasteries to put them in. That's interesting. Uh, it's interesting theory. Um, in this paper, I will. Yeah, there isn't really a good place for like the cerebral neurotics to go. Right. I mean, they go. go to the Beit Midrash, but that's where everybody is. So yeah, it goes to the Beit, Beit Midrash, but mm, yeah, I, I, I don't know. They start podcasts. Chabad is kind of like the Jesuits of the Jews. So there's that. Yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe I'm just sure. throwing. I don't it. know. I don't know enough about Jesuits to say yes or no about that. Yeah, I don't know enough about Chabad. <laughs> None of us know anything about anything on this show, and that's what makes it great. But what I know, you know, Hava, is how you are. <laughs> it's true. I'm okay. I'm a little discombobulated. We just got back. If you listen to this month's patron episode, you'll learn that I was at my mother-in-law's house dog-sitting for her, along with my BF and our dog, Ace. So double the dog that I'm used to, and... Mm. We like just got back from that. And I also had meetings this morning. So it was like meetings, meetings, pack up the house, drive home, set up the microphone, record with Michael. So I'm feeling a little bit like, ah, but happy to be home. Chonk is really happy for me to be home as well. 
Yeah, I feel like I've really been killing it recently. I feel like I've been doing great. I feel like I'm really awesome and cute. You mean, yeah, that you're awesome and cute. That feeling of self-love can carry you through a lot. It's not always present for me, but when it is, it is a powerful shield against all evils. Mm. Yeah, it is. <sighs> yeah, self-love. I know that I need it. Right. And I also simultaneously despise it. Just like generally? Just like the display of it. You oh, know? right. Like you just threw up in your mouth right now talking to me about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's because not, you wish you had it. It's not you. No, maybe. It's not you, Hava. Well, luckily I'm, I'm loving myself right now, so I'm not worried that it's me. <laughs> okay, great. Other times I might be, but this is the one time I'm immune to that concern. Uh, what? How? How? How did you do this? Um, how did you do this? I mean, this? I don't feel like I did anything specific recently, although I am on a new medication that's been pretty successful. So I'm pretty into that. But I mean, lifelong, I feel like it's just been a combination of like the right friendships, the right thing said by the right therapist. Yeah, I guess like my long time intention of trying to develop self love combined with really nurturing communities and friendships have sort of like met in the middle to enable it to be possible. Mm. Where can I buy that? If you just go to Amazon right now with my affiliate link. Yeah, we need affiliate links on this pod. Okay, well, that's great. I'm glad you're doing something. Thank you. I mean, one of us has to be loving ourselves at all times. It's a requirement to sustain life and to this show. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Well, I think you're great, Michael. I Thanks. think you're worthy of love and self-love. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Hava. Well, I am excited about this. Oh, yeah. Have you brought something? I'm going to answer a listener question. Okay. What's the question? This is super old. Okay, great. Love it. It's from like January. I don't even know what year, but some January. <laughs> Just January. It's from every January. The email is titled Rabbis in Space. It comes from someone who refers to themselves as Future Tzadok. And the message is, thank you for your episode on justice. I guess we did an oh, episode Oh, yeah. On we did do a, a listener question on that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Michael's info about the planets in our solar system got me thinking, what else does the Talmud have to say about the universe? I've heard a little bit about the age of the Earth and the classic question of how would you celebrate Shabbat in space, but how did the rabbis of old make sense of the stars? What influence Ooh. have they had on our current understanding of space, and how does God fit into it? Thank wow. you. This Big is a great honor. question. I think this is the same person that asked the question about the word Sedek, because they were going to choose the name Tzedek for their Hebrew name, and they wanted to know more oh. about it. And so that's what I think is up with the title of the email or the signature or whatever. Anyway, it's a good question. I immediately think of our long time ago patron episode where you talk about the wave that brought people up into the stars above the atmosphere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There the was stars. like a ship that was on a storm and a wave came up that was so big that they went up into the sky. This sounds like something a seven-year-old would say. Like there was a ship and then the ship came and there's a wave and the wave was so big that it took the ship into space and then it flew off into space. I think the star was on a cloud, mm. from what I remember. How are you going to deal with this question this time? I'm going to focus on the part of what the rabbis thought about the stars, you know, Great. what they could immediately see. And there have been a couple listeners who have also asked, what's the deal with astrology? Mm -hmm. Right. How do Jews relate to it? So that'll tie in a bit to this question. So, what do the old rabbis think of the stars? How do they make sense of them? The first thing we have to do 
is in order to understand the stars, Hava, we have to first understand the moon. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say we have to understand what is a star. But yeah, let's go to the moon. We've talked about the moon's butthole already, so we're close friends. In Hulin 60b, there's discussion about Genesis 116, this line that says, God made the two great lights, the greater light to dominate the day and the lesser light to dominate the night and the stars. Right. There's a triadic dom-sub polycule. Yes, moon. I guess, no, quadratic, because the, both the day and the night are getting dominated by two different doms. Anyway, this joke has run its course. Uh, you said, n- n- moving on. <laughs> So the rabbis bring up, well, there's this contradiction. There's these two great lights, these Haggadolim. These... Two lights alike in dignity. What's that a reference to? It's a Romeo and Juliet, two houses alike in dignity in Fair Verona, where we set our scene when civil blood makes civil hands unclean. Well, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. But this is the, almost the opposite situation. But then one of the lights is considered, you know, the uh, Haggadol light, and one is considered the Hakaton light, the lesser, the smaller light. Mm-hmm. They're being like annoying literal bros right now. They're saying mm-hmm. there's these two great lights, but one is great and one like is less. And right. this is a contradiction to them, even though. Make the moon great again is what they're saying. I think they're confusing absolute and relative comparisons here, in my opinion. Sure. But Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi goes about Ooh. and drashes this. Do you know about that? I've the... never encountered this rabbi before. Well, here you go. He tells this tale. Basically, the tale goes, the moon goes to God and says... How is it possible for there to be a kingdom with two kings? How can you have two crowns ruling Mm -hmm. one space? And God's like, okay, well, we're going to diminish you. We're going to make you less. (laughs) For asking for a raise, you get demoted. All of our worst fears. Exactly. Well, and and the moon responds like, wait, but that doesn't address my point. Don't I make a good point? You just basically agreed with me. Like, how could you agree with me? And then punish me. God's like, I punish people I love all the time. Shut up. I do what I want. I'm God. But God was a lot nicer to the moon. God was like, okay, I'll let you shine a little bit during the day too. And the moon responds, that sucks. That's like being a candle (laughs) during the day. That's not enough. So then God says to the moon, we'll base the calendar off of you. And the moon... So that's why we got this weird-ass calendar. That's why we got the weird-ass calendar. And I do believe that God says to Moses, like, you're going to mark the beginning of these months on the new moon. So this is all reference to that in Torah. The moon responds, but what about seasons? Seasons are marked by the sun. That's not cool. I'm not getting the whole deal. Like, it seems like how we think about time is being divided between the sun and myself. God said, okay... But I'm going to, like, name a lot of really important people after you, like (laughs) Yaakov Hakatan, Jacob the Little, you know, like the small. So everything that has little in it is named after Hakatan. Yeah, anyone who's little. So there's Shmuel Hakatan, who's like a Tana. And David Hakatan, King David. Oh, I didn't realize he was a Katan. Yeah, I don't know. I, guess I always so. imagine him as a short king because of the whole Goliath situation. But yeah, that's the one. That's just my mind. own fetish for short kings. You love short kings. That's I true. know, that and I'm living the life. I nabbed one for myself. You did. You nabbed it. I'm a, chilling. Yeah, you're doing good. Well, the moon, you would have loved the moon. You still, maybe you do love the moon. I don't know. I do. <laughs> now that I know the moon is a short king, I'm on it. So, okay, God gives him this offer. The moon is still sad. Big sad face on the moon. 
Uh-huh. And God says, okay, I, f- I fucked up. There needs to be an atonement, a sin offering for me. God fucked up. I need to have a sin offering. And that's why Raish Lakish says that this is why there's this verse, which I failed to write down from Torah that says, and there shall be one goat as a sin offering to Hashem to mm. be offered in addition to the regular burnt offering and its libation. I believe this is maybe during the new moon, like the... Yeah, new. if I had to guess, I'd bet it's somewhere in the teens in Leviticus. Okay, so this is the context. We have a moon making some good points, God messing up maybe kind of, but maybe doing it on purpose in the way God right. does, you know, the way that we're familiar with, you know, tree of right. life, tree of knowledge, you know, come on. Uh-huh. Right. So we have a similar situation with the moon. So that's the context I need you to know. Okay, got it. In order for us to talk about these stars. So let's jump to Bereshit Rabbah 6-4. I'm jumping. Another text from the same time period as Talmud where mm-hmm. it is drashing on Genesis. And this is a quote from that text. And concerning the stars, Rav Acha said, This can be compared to a king who has two stewards, one ruling over the city and one ruling over the province. The king said, since this steward has made himself small by ruling over the city, I decree upon him that whenever he goes out, the entire population shall accompany him, and whenever he enters, only a few people shall enter with him. Similarly, the Holy One, blessed be he, Since his moon made itself small by seeking to rule during the night alone, I decree upon it that when it goes out, the stars will go out with it, and when it enters, the stars will enter with it. Well, that's cute. What is most interesting to me so far about this passage is it forces me to imagine that, like, the moon as a concept was, like, chilling during creation, and God had, like, a list of responsibilities— and was like, okay, what does everyone want to do? Moon, what do you want to be? You want to be a fucking animal? You want to be in the sky? And the moon was like, I'll be in the sky, but I'll be like in the less important part of the sky. If there's like any part of the sky illuminating job that's sort of like lesser, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. And and God is rewarding that he like humility. I feel like there's something similar with the phoenixes. Right. I mean, the phoenix, I was reminded of the phoenix when you were talking about the moon complaining because the one of the possible reasons the phoenix got to live forever is because it didn't complain and ask for food while it was on the ark. And it also right, didn't fuck. Right, right. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly what I was saying. It didn't fuck. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's important. No nut November with Noah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, yeah. And that's why November oh, wow. is 40 days and 40 nights long, children. Exactly. And that's the origins of November. Okay, great. Okay, love it. Okay. So now we have a explanation maybe kind of of how the rabbis thought of the stars. They're like the cohort of the moon. Right. Which so is that's great. that's I some like explanation that. of how the rabbis thought about the stars. But in the same text in chapter 10 Six, we get a little bit more about, wait, but like, what's the purpose of these stars? Is it just really to be the friends of the moon? Mm -hmm. I would like to read you this little passage. This is a Safari community translation. In the text Ben Sira, it says, God brings forth spices from the earth. With them, the healer heals the ailments, and with them, the perfumer perfumes the perfumes. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. 
Love that. <laughs> yeah, great. Beautiful use of the English language. <laughs> Masterful. Thanks, Safari public translators. I shall perfume you with great perfuming. <laughs> I love it. Said Rabbi Shimon, there isn't a single herb or spice that doesn't have a constellation, a mazal, Ooh, in the firmament that smacks it and tells it to grow. So this is similar to what you said many episodes, many moons ago even, mm -hmm. about there's an angel for every blade of grass. Right. This does feel very similar. Also, for anyone, any listeners who were in the It Is In The Heavens class at Shalmala, taught by Lexi Kohansky, this is going to be really interesting to you because we were just talking about mazalot and which things have a mazal and which don't. So little extra this is like a secret bonus material for those of you who took that class okay so this might be more of a review then but yeah mazal it's a constellation or a heavenly body or an individual star or an asteroid mm -hmm. or something like that or even a planet or potentially a destiny or potential okay okay yeah anyway destiny. that is a sidetrack later on in that verse a rabbi shimon says the pleiades binds the fruits orion pulls from binding to binding so the Pleiades, according to Rabbi Shimon, has some sort of dominion over the fruits. And Orion seems to have dominion over perhaps the way that these other constellations bind to earthly things. Mm, so it's like Right. The, it's the middle manager middle of manager. the whole fruit star network. So, yeah, there's this whole idea that is put forth both in Bereshit Rabbah. And I actually found another reference in Shabbat 156a, that these constellations, these stars have effects on people and mm -hmm. somehow affect not just people, everything. The will of God is somehow conveyed through these constellations. So in Shabbat 156a, Rabbi Hanina says there's a constellation that makes you wise, one that makes you wealthy. And then Rabbi Yochanan says there's no constellation for the Jewish people as a whole. Right. This was a central topic of it is in the heavens. Right. Okay. This idea that like, well, the Jews are like a special chosen people. So they're like mm -hmm. not controlled. They have like a different level of free will, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. Which, you know, bring that up to your non-Jewish friends, that'll go over well. But, <laughs> so there is this acknowledgement, this idea that stars have an effect on us. Right. It seems like what I've learned about stars so far is that they're a part of a broader celestial community and that they are tools of God and that they have real effects that are measurable and definable. According to the rabbis. Yeah. And that's basically what Radak, David Kimhi, this rabbi from the 13th century, says when he droshes this Isaiah, verse 4026. The verse in Isaiah, Isaiah is talking to some Jews, trying to like get them to be like, hey, God's real and stuff, basically, right, like get right. into it. Classic. And he says, lift your eyes and see who created these, the one who sends out their host by count who calls them each by name, given such great might and vast power, not a single one fails to appear. He's talking about the stars. Mm -hmm. So God knows the stars. He names them. When you look at the stars, you need to be reminded of like how powerful God is, presumably because you know that these stars somehow have effects on your material world. Mm -hmm. Roddick goes on and kind of talks more in detail he says that the stars aren't creators themselves they're created they're like the conduits for god's will mm 
Mm-hmm. He mentions that we can see 2,508 of them, but there are others that we can't see. But oh. God co- counts them all. And he makes reference to Psalm 147, where it says that God numbers all the stars, you know, and has Got a it. name for all of them. So God has a name for them that corresponds to the delight that each of one provides. Oh. And each star, again, is a conduit for God's power. Roddick goes further and mentions another passage in Shabbat 75a that says that it's a mitzvah to study the constellations, that it's actually a mm. mitzvah. Interesting. And this all kind of like feeds into like Kabbalah. Right. There's this these emanations of God that like filter down or whatever through like Sephirot or whatever. And then like it gets to you. And so like the stars, both seen and unseen and constellations seen and unseen are like the middle managers. Right. They're part of that system of pipes that yes, pipes exactly. Hashem directly into your cosmic home yeah yeah okay so now we have a purpose for stars and we have this kind of explicit acknowledgement that astrology is theoretically possible Mm -hmm. but there's also this acknowledgement that there's so much you don't know and you can't know so there's this tension around astrology and what to do with all this star information on the one hand it's like this amazing symbol of god's power and a thing you can point to and and say is part of the whole divine emanations or whatever Mm -hmm. but then you can't really do much practically with it or maybe you can so yeah there's like conflicting ideas around astrology can you do it How reliable is it? And the stars are like a big part of it. Yeah, that's kind of the deal. Great. That was a great answer, I think. That was very, very thoroughly researched. There you go. Stars. They're just like us. They're just like us. Unknowable. 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 Tools of Hashem. Vessels for divine blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an interesting, there's like a whole intersecting web of ideas here that's like a little in the Talmud, a little bit in other rabbinic texts, Kabbalah stuff, medieval drosh. Packed into one delicious package. When I was researching this, I started thinking about like, well, what is it about Zohar that Mm -hmm. I'm not so into knowing nothing about Zohar. Zohar bros, maybe Kabbalah <laughs> right. bros. The big picture of everything I said that resonates with me, there's weird connections and forces and you can't really know them, but like maybe you can intuit some of them and it's very awe-inspiring and whoa. And like what Kabbalah does, it almost feels like it's trying to work out all the details of that. Mm-hmm. I almost think it's futile like to work out the details. I hear that. So I recently had the pleasure of attending another lecture given by the wonderful Lexi Kohansky called Revealing God's Face about transfeminine hair removal prayer. And it turned out that it had a lot of Zohar in that class. And hearing Lexi sort of deliver her take on what's going on in the Zohar made me realize two things, one of which is it's very interesting, and two of which is like, I didn't even know how little I knew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, my sense of the Zohar was like so uninformed that I didn't even know how uninformed it was. So I think you can have whatever opinion you like about the Zohar. I've just recently been humbled, R.E. the Zohar, so. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know anything. I shouldn't talk about the Zohar. I don't know anything about the Zohar. Just Kabbalah in general, certain presentations of it, perhaps. I mean, what we do know is we've both known Kabbalah bros, and we've not liked them. So... 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. grounded in real experience. Yeah, but I'm probably shooting myself in the foot because all the connections I, I was probably just describing could be attributed to people. Who, right. One might think of as Kabbalah bros. One could, yeah. So there you go. Well, this was a delightful little nugget, Michael. Thank you for bringing it for the episode today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I, I hope future Tzadok, you were pleased with the answer and can move on in your life with greater knowledge of how to look at and deal with the existence of stars. Listeners, still send us your questions. You can email us at you at gmail.com or message us on Patreon. Also, listeners, next week, in case you didn't already know, is going to be Shavuot on the weekend, which is very exciting. It's one of my favorite Jewish holidays. We will not be releasing a regular episode next week because I will be like many of you, I imagine, up for 24 hours uh, studying in honor of the holiday. And I don't really want to integrate a podcast recording into that. That being said, there might be a special surprise episode in the works that'll be different than our normal episode. We'll just have to see how all the logistics shake out. So no regular episode next week, but maybe a surprise treat. I hope you all have a beautiful Shavuot. We've got a patron episode coming out soon. That's like a really cool episode about our process behind the scenes on our big project right now. So join the Patreon. Keep listening to recordings of us being silly gooses. And we will talk to you soon. Shavuot. 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 Shavu